Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, welcome. Life Let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey, hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think about this. strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. I think that we should say this is an entertainment podcast. That neither of us are professionals. Okay, yeah. Um, we're not mental health professionals. We are professionals. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. We're not mental health professionals. We're professionals in our own right. <clears throat> we get paid for doing stuff, but it has nothing. But it has nothing to do, to do with this. This. Um, we should stipulate that this is meant to be like we're a couple of friends talking about the episode. So people that come to listen to this want to listen to a couple of friends talking about the episode. Like you're you're driving to a dinner party and you're listening to the episode. You get out of your car and you go inside and you're like, oh my God, I just listened to the last episode of this is actually happening. Have you heard it? And then you guys just start talking about it. That's like what we're supposed to be. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> just chatting about it. Just chatting Informal, about it. Informal, you're saying. Yeah. Though anyone's yeah. at dinner that hasn't listened to it yet, they're yeah. gonna tell us not to talk about it. Maybe or, yeah. or we should maybe tell then the listeners to listen to the episode first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> um or they could listen to this first. I mean, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. Though. Everyone has their own thing. There might be people that don't want to listen to the episode because it's too traumatic. So they just listen to us talk about it. How do they know it's traumatic if they haven't listened to it? Because it, it's a trauma podcast. Mm. So it's part of it. Pretty much. <clears throat> Pretty I mean, much. This is like the Cliffs, the Cliffs Notes. Yeah, we sort of talk about the the episode and how and what we think about it, what we think about the storyteller, and then how it kind of how it should inspire just normal regular conversation about how we relate to it, <clears throat> right? Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um. What? Okay, so we're talking about our thoughts on the episode, um, the other woman, and this is the season opener to season 12. It's a big deal. Huge deal. And full disclosure, I also work on the show. Um, what? Yeah. So you, you have insider information that I don't. A little bit, a little bit. My name is Ellie, and if you've ever submitted to the show, you know my name because I've emailed you with the name Ellie, um, and and I'm talking to T. So you want to go by T? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, and T's just a person unrelated to the show. I'm just a totally random person, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be weird if you talked to yourself about it, maybe. Yeah. That's I'm just true. here to talk to you with with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but T also, we've been friends for years, and she's also friends with Wit, host of the show. So it's all still in the family. It's um, been years. Years. So years since he talked to Wit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Or years. He doesn't, he doesn't return my calls or text. <laughs> <laughs> invites. 
So this is from episode 241. What if you were the other woman? Um, T, first thoughts. What are, what are your general impressions of the episode? Oh, man. I, was, I thought it was a great episode. Um, the thing I thought was <clears throat> the coolest part about it is, you know, gives us the perspective of, like, a villain, right? Hmm. Um, and we don't usually get that, you know, of, you know, seeing the other woman's story and seeing her as, as human. You know, we usually just think of her as, you know, b- bad person, evil, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I enjoyed listening to it um, from her point of view. Um, that was kind of the biggest thing for me. I was able to like empathize and be a little bit. It's so easy to judge, right? <clears throat> to be a little yeah. less judgy. Yeah, yeah. Probably well, a lot funny less judgy that you you bring up judgy because. Um, when when Wit and I were talking about what to call the episode, to us, it to call it "What if you're the other woman?" just automatically mm-hmm. brings up thoughts of judgment, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that phrase, "the other woman," is so provocative on the face of it. Um, you're right; that is a classically like evil connotation uh the villain and what people what people don't get from that characterization is yes this person is a multi-dimensional person who is flawed but also wants what we all want love and connection and peace and they've just taken a really shit way to try to get it (laughs) As we all we all have our shit ways, right? Oh um, yeah. But that her story isn't any less valid because it's coming from that point of view. Um <clears throat> yeah, so um I think it really did if you I don't know if I want to talk about this. One thing that Whit and I talked about us talking about on this podcast is if we talked about <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> the comments from Facebook about the show. Oh, but like me, but I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, we'd have that just be another level of research. We'd have to. But maybe we don't want to be. I mean, you might. <clears throat> But maybe we don't want to be influenced by the... Oh, I said that to it, too. I'd kind of want this to be... It's like our own comment board. Yeah, and then maybe after we can read the comments or something. Are there maybe yeah. are there going to be comments on this? Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, we have like kind of a built-in audience, so people are probably coming for us as we speak right now. With kindness. Totally, total kindness. That's yeah. She sounds like a chipmunk. <laughs> What's that have to do with anything, though? You know, and your face favorite, looks like a chipmunk too. My favorite is I haven't listened to the episode yet, but but <laughs> <laughs> I hate the other woman. <laughs> That's um, yeah. Wait, should I have listened to the episode then? <laughs> but um, bunch. Damn. We need, yeah. We need Sorry. Sound this... effects. Oh yeah. Um. So this the structure of the show is the traditional. Um. You know, wit is drawing a line, kind of. Uh, you know, from the beginning of your life to, to present, and you know the major points in between. Um, what? How did? How did hearing or what about her backstory stuck out to you? Um, how, do you feel like it related to the person that she became? Again, we are not trained mental health professionals. Yeah, that's but. a direct like. <clears throat> psychologist like does this connect why is this happening 
why well, it's actually it, happening. It, well, I mean, some major stuff happened to her as a kid, right? Oh, mainly. Oh, yeah. And this For has sure. to lead to things that we perceive as quote unquote daddy issues, mm-hmm. whatever that means. I wasn't going to say it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, her background, you do really feel for her. Um, it sounds like she had a lot of love and support around her, but living in a household that maybe doesn't have the most stability or has a lot of people coming and going has its own, well, I guess, has its own benefits and drawbacks. Um, but it sounds like she lived relatively protected. Um, and then spent some time going into the city for this party scene. Um, but she doesn't really point to anything necessarily terrible happening to her. I don't know if I want to speculate, but I I don't want to speculate either. I mean, she never met her dad. Her grandparents loved her and treated her and were really supportive. But it sounds like, you know, the grandmother's death or, like, path to death of, like, yeah. 20 years of as a vegetable. It's just an interesting way of thinking about <clears throat> death and how it may have, like, just seeing the connection with, you know, um, her her boyfriend's death or, you know, it was just, like, so quick. And how to deal with something like that. And then her grandmother just like basically died for 20 years. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even consider that. They're like two different extremes of death. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting that you said that, T, because oh. I wrote mm-hmm. a note that oh. it, <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Um <clears throat> She there is a way that she seemingly deals with her life. It feels ex- like in extremes. It was interesting, you know, talking about what to call people, you know, after his death, and they're like asking if she's the wife. She's like girlfriend, mistress, you know. Um. I don't know. What do you think we should call him? Um, let's call him. Let's call him. Bob. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> that's the name of my first cat. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, so Bob. Yeah, so there's this stark contrast of contrast of extremes, right? Where she is like in the relationship with Bob, she is his soulmate. That's how it starts off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this high level position in his life. Whoa, wow, I'm Bob's soulmate, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other, and then by the end of it, we get to the extreme of I am his secret shame. Yes, yes, yes. And there's no middle. It's either I am his soulmate or I'm his secret shame. And that's just another example of her kind of living in extremes. And I yeah. think that like an affair elicits those kind of extremes because affairs are highly emotional they're highly charged with tons of energy from that secrecy. And so it, everything is like overly dramatic, overly, overly dramatized. I, yeah, I think you're right about this extreme too. Cause even before he was her soulmate, I mean, they, they hung out in a group for like two years and, and, and she had this moment where it was like, he's just like a regular, normal person. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was and like, all of a sudden, 
the sun beams from his eyeballs. Uh, he is <laughs> the, the hottest person in the world. Seven billion people. He is the number one person. Yeah. Ball of light. Yes. I, I yeah, and that is quite extreme. To go from nothing to everything. Yeah. To then secret shame. Yeah. But you're right. It is a very charged relationship at that point. But you're right. I mean, it was all extremes too. I was like, you know, after his death, um, and I'm going to the end as well, but, you know. Spoiler alert. <laughs> don't listen to this part. But when, when, <laughs> when she's going to medium, she's like, I'll go to a medium. And then, you know, a couple months later, she goes, you know, first time, nothing, right? Yeah. Couple months later, it's like, oh, you did connect with them, and they chat. It's like, oh, and then I went to thirty mediums. Yeah, and now I've been to thirty mediums. Yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, maybe you go to one medium thirty times, but do you go to thirty mediums? I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I, again, yeah. not a psychologist, not a medium. Um, expert. It's like it's like obsession. Yeah. I mean, granted she lost him in this really tragic quick way that in the midst of it being very open-ended, right. It's not like they broke up and then he died. It's like, you know, they're still very much in the throes of this affair. There's still this glimmer of hope that he's going to leave his wife for her. And then she loses him. And, and when you're in that state, that hyper state, how how do you get out of that? I, probably more hyper stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like it's probably going to match the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even without the cheating and affair, I mean, the first four months of being in a relationship where you both really, really, really like each other, right? Yeah, it's usually kind of exciting and. Big feelings. Huge. <clears throat> like huge. And you've been dormant, you know, you've... For years. And there's this... It's like in a TV show. Okay, it's like Friends, right? Like, everyone agrees. Well, maybe not everyone. Most thinking people agree that the the whole dynamic with Ross, Ross and Rachel was like really interesting when they weren't together and then as soon as they get put together you're kind of like lost the chemistry of that relationship the whole like are, will they or won't they and they did this in, they did this in the show Scandal you watch Scandal right uh-huh. like every other episode the president and Olivia Pope are breaking up and then they're getting back together because there's no drama People yeah. getting together and staying together. Who's the boss? Classic. Yeah. Right? Seven, can, eight seasons. Yeah. Will, Will they, they or won't they? Yeah. And then they finally get together at the end. And then it's like, I'm bored. Yeah. But then it ended. So whatever. Yeah. Good thing. P- Jim and Pam, the office. Oh, what? gosh. They get together third, fourth season, start of the fourth season. I mean... They made it work because it was a well-written show, but no one gave a shit about Jim and Pam yeah. and their relationship. <clears throat> as soon as the people, there is something exciting about meeting someone and a flirtation and maybe a no, 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 we're not supposed to be together and little stolen glances at parties or like mm-hmm. stolen touches this is all like mysterious and fun and innocent, right? And then once you actually pull the trigger and our uh, our clothes came off instantly, like where do you go from there? Because I mean, it's still exciting because you're cheating, though. Right, the cheating is still there, but that's when the shame starts. Yeah, and it starts to become a little less fun, and we start to. Uh, block each other or I'm going to block him. I've got to end it. Um, I feel like we're jumping all over the place here, but um, you know, going back to when she first, when she starts talking about this little community that she moved to, that was like full of couples 
And I thought it was really poignant when she described it as being in high school again, but with money this time. <laughs> what did, mm-hmm. did that stick out to you? It did. It did. I was just thinking about it in terms of like, uh, just my own uh, experience with uh, dropping my kid off in kindergarten. Um, Tell us about that, T. Oh, just, (laughs) I'm just saying, because, you know, uh, there's clicks and like mom or dad's like chatting and laughing and, you know, I'm new to the area and I got my kid and you just want to be friendly or something. Um, But maybe you want to make friends. I don't know. But, you know, another part of that being in high school thing is I think people make friends in high school. Um, But like she's like 39. Yeah. 40. And I was just like, how do you make friends? I think the last friend I made was probably you. Me in 2005. In 2005, really, <laughs> 17 years ago. And I was like, you know, 17. Well, that's interesting because I don't have kids, but you have kids. So you're saying, like, with the kid, like you being back with the kids and the parents, it is sort of like the cyclical thing that happens, right? Like you leave mm-hmm. school and now you're almost like starting school again. And some of those same clicking or grouping or whatever you're talking about it kind of comes back to you through your kid oh that's like that's horrible I'm sorry it's horrible and I didn't I forgot how shy I am wow that's intense I've never thought about that that's what I'm saying like when you came to help me you know pick up Arlo that time yeah I don't know. You were just on your phone, so you didn't feel it. But I, yeah, I don't <laughs> you know, in one day. <laughs> I'm there like every day. And I'm like, hey, hello. You know. <laughs> and then they're all talking. And I was like, oh. And just like, it's just, it's, it's really nerve wracking. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, We'll see how it works out, you know. When when she said that, it's like being in high school, but with money. Like, I guess I had a particular reaction to that. One, I don't necessarily look back on high school as, like, the greatest time of my life. Um, mm. And I definitely did not break the rules. And I definitely did not sneak anywhere or do anything bad. Um <laughs> I I I am always cautious of people that refer back to high school as at all. You I give an exception to. <laughs> <laughs> but even you I still make fun of you. Why for do it. you talk about it so much? <laughs> I get it. There was like six kids in your class and you were the best one and of course you're going to look back on it fondly. What are you talking about? Six, eight, thirteen. I mean, it was a small class, right? I wasn't the best one. I mean, you seem like. Were you not the best one? Is this why this is kind of? Well, no. Was it the money part or the high school part that you're? I I, I think it's the high school part. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. to me, and I'm not trying to judge the storyteller. But to me, people that refer back to high school in this positive, I took it as a positive way. Maybe she meant it more in a clicky kind of way. But it's like hanging out with your friends, maybe getting up to stuff that you shouldn't be getting up to. But now you're an adult and you're allowed to do it and you've got the money to support it. Um, She's probably referring to it in in a click way. I don't know yeah, what she means. I mean, maybe she I, means I would like never come friends. Trying to make. I don't know. I left friends. high school. I left college, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There's no reason. I would never refer back to it as a comparison. I will talk I about know. high school almost every day. I, I know like where you went to high school. You're the only person I know where they went to high school. Well, I know you where you went to high school. Because you asked. 
But that's so weird. Well, and hey. his girlfriend went there. Was it Penn or was it Adams? Now I'm confused. I went to Penn. Okay. My mom went to Adams. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. See? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, high school is when you like you really like, you know, when you're younger than high school, you're like things are just confusing in your brain. Yeah. When you're like in high school, you're like a little bit more you have your personality set. You know what you like and don't like. Yeah. And then you bond with other people who like or don't like the same things. And then maybe that's how you make friends. Bless you. Oh, gosh. Sorry. You okay? Oh, yeah. you got the sniffles. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, that's when you, like, you come to your own, you know? In college, yeah. I was already my own in college. And I don't refer to college much because I don't really remember it because there was so much of that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, because um, I feel like I came into my own probably a few years after college. Like, I was kind of always my similar person, but, like, when I really found the people I wanted to be around and be connected with was probably after college and, like, being in a music scene. Mm. You're so cool. <laughs> See, I wasn't that cool, but I feel like for me, I I was my I am the same. I'm wearing the same outfits as I was in high school. Well, that's how you can tell when people peak, right? Like women what? that have the same haircut that they did in high school. Oh, see, my haircut is totally different. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Anyways, let's leave this. Behind. We're really getting hung up on the high school bit. I just want, I, I just like, like, you know, our other podcast is all about a high school. That's true. And we talk about it the entire time. Yeah. I'm just saying, there's a lot to talk about. But we're getting hung up on the high school part. Well, I think it's, I think it's, her, I think it's the storytellers, maybe this isn't fair. But sort of her emotional... Wow. Is this... Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just it's shocked. Like her EQ. Wow. Kind of like, no? Am I wrong? Well, she just got out of a divorce. She wants to make friends. Probably her, and with her divorce, she didn't like... You know, when you break up after whatever, 14 years. Yeah. Right? Your friends probably... I don't know. You want to like start a new life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that's why it's kind of like, again, you're just trying to make friends. I think that's what she meant. But now she has money. But it does make sense in the context of her relationship with Bob. Like you could argue that it seems very high school and the how dramatic yeah. it is now, how extreme it is and the yeah. obsession and, and the, you can't quiet your mind and, and there's nothing about you that, you're not growing you're not yourself alone isn't growing it's just it's only your growth only exists in this other person I'm not knocking her or putting her putting her down I'm just saying I think that some people kind of stop growing emotionally in high, you know in high school yeah and I mean that's how they take in the world I think a lot of people do that yeah, I probably probably do that. No. Oh, but I think uh, she also, you know, got married at a young age. She probably stopped, you know. Then she was just doing yeah. all the other things. Yeah. Sam got yeah. pregnant, you know, doing all the things. Now she's her own person. She can kind of try to start her own her new life. But she did maybe stop growing when she, you know, was she was thinking about other people. And her family, not about it, her, herself as much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Did you think it was interesting how she only got married because she was knocked up? And, like, she flat up says, like, mm -hmm. she knew she shouldn't marry him, but she wanted to feel normal. Yeah. Yeah. 
that really spoke to me. I feel like I got married because I wanted to be normal or like, and she talks a lot about this. She talks about at the end that she's accepted that she can love deeply and she is lovable. I feel like I got married to prove that I was lovable. I didn't know that in the moment, but looking back on it, it's some sort of like stamp of validation, right? Yeah. I mean, what a big realization to, after all this, to just be like, oh, I am lovable. I thought that was a nice yeah, way to think that. about it. <clears throat> but to force it does seem like probably not a good thing to do. I mean, her her mom got knocked up and right. didn't marry her dad. So maybe... It sounded like it protected her from a lot. Like, her mom was probably wise beyond her years. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like her dad had, like, a, a bad temper. Yeah. Um, That's not the story you usually hear, though. Usually you hear, and then I was in this horrible household mm-hmm. with, you know, an abusive father. So her mother right. made at least that good decision. Um, yeah. um Let's go back to the idea of adultery. Mm. You're married, T. You're happily married. I am. I've been unhappily married. Mm -hmm. And I'm not currently married. What What is the allure of adultery? Uh, probably, I mean, you know, excitement, you know, like we talked about kind of like all these shows, once you get together with a person, yeah, not that it's not boring. I mean, it just changes. It's, it's the fantasy, right? You get all, you get all of the coolness. That's not the word I want. You get all of the, the romance and sappiness and, Mm -hmm. um, specialness without any of the realness right um Mm -hmm. you know that movie high fidelity that whole movie is about john cusack you know trying to figure out why his relationships always end you know when he talks about the fantasy versus reality like the fantasy is like the pink or the red lacy underwear but that's not real life because in real life, you know, your girlfriend, she might have those, she only wears those on special occasions. And really normally what's going to be on the floor is like some old, you know, granny, granny, whitey, tidy type underwear. And so the fantasy is great. You know, it's something you could think about, but when it comes right down to it, what's real is not, the, the red lacy underwear. So when she says, she says uh, on Valentine's Day, um, he sent me a text to tell me he was thinking about me. And she goes, and my husband never did that stuff. So mm. now all of a sudden, she's equating one like romantic text to 14-year relationship. Yeah. Right? But it's just, that's how much the fantasy trumps the, the real, you know, shit of life. And <clears throat> so it's the secrecy, it's the fantasy. So you're only getting the juicy bits of a relationship. And you're not getting any of the doldrums of a day-to-day marriage relationship. And I think it's really interesting that she keeps listing um, situations where her instincts told her to do one thing and she violated her instincts. Like she knew she shouldn't get married. And then when she meets this guy, Bob, her first instincts were what? That he's a creeper. Yeah. Yeah. Always follow your instincts, T. If I was a parent, that'd probably be the thing I taught my kids the most. Trust your gut. Yeah. Unless your gut's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, can you look back? I mean, you haven't made many bad decisions in your life, but can you look back and think about instances where you didn't follow your instincts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Should have. Yeah, tons. <laughs> you regret this it. This is where you start being not relatable. Um, what? That's, like, that's the story of my life, not following my instincts. <laughs> and I still, in you know, my 40s, um, I'm still seeing how I don't always follow my instincts. But when you look back, you can definitely see, you know, always follow your instincts as she should have. And, um, you know, I think that's one interesting point about the story is, you know, Bob is this character that is told, that we're told about, but Bob is dead. And so we don't really know what would have become with her and Bob, right? And so yeah, she yeah. left with just like this version, this perfect version in her head. And, and we, we don't really know, know what he was thinking. We know he loves Dada. Dada? Data. <laughs> data. When she goes, oh, he loves Data. Gross. <laughs> Nerd. What? <laughs> Who says that? That was Who weird. Data. And then, yeah, yeah, his heart rate was going up from one to five. In yeah, the yeah. So is well, that when I'm, they were doing it, or was that after? I think that's when they were doing it. To you. Oh, and they were doing it. Sorry, I I got confused by that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, good. So, okay, what do you think, from what the, the version that we got of Bob from her, what do you think about Bob? See, this is where it gets tricky for me, is just, I'm just like, okay, this is good. Like, don't be judgy, don't be judgy, you know? Mm -hmm. I, 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 he, he's a very active part of this affair. Yeah. Very aggressive. Mm -hmm. For two years, it sounds uh -huh. like. And well, that why are we blaming her for everything? He's exactly. the one. I mean, she and it is another time when, you know, she kind of violated her instincts or whatever. It was when she finally did block him, and then yeah. like let him into the house. He came in the hey, garage because he knows house. the yeah yeah. Like he's the one doing this stuff. You yeah. Know? I mean, they're both. I mean, obviously, but I I just don't think we should put all the weight on her. Well, because yeah. She could be with him. She was single. He was That's the one true. in the marriage. That's she true. She was the cheater. She's not responsible for him. Does she have a responsibility to his wife? Are they friends? Is there... The, just by virtue... You know, some people would say respect the institution of marriage. Does she owe a respect to the institution of marriage if he's not respecting his own marriage? He I should mean, really do the more and more of the respecting. He's it's all the impetus is on him for this kind of heavy lifting, this heavy moral mm -hmm. lifting. Yeah. She is just she. You could argue that she is as abused, right, mm -hmm. as is his wife by him. Mm -hmm. The common element in all he of is. this is him. Yeah. It's, but she's branded the other woman. I mean, you could go back into history and see, you know, why, why this, this branding exists, you know, Scarlet Letter and all that stuff, you know. He wasn't like seducing the guy at all. Exactly. He this was just some dude that. for so long and then he's touching her and saying stuff. Well, and this is what I feel like is really, um, crucial to this episode, this whole idea of like this double standard of men and women. And it, you know, it comes out too in their friend group, right? Mm -hmm. Like the dudes are all okay with it. Yeah. And it's like, ho, 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 let's go play golf, you know? Nice. Nice. High Good fun. job. High five. Yeah. Yeah. And the women are like, we trusted you around our husbands. And now 
you're you're exiled from the group. Sorry. Yeah, he can't go to the party. Yeah. What the hell is that? Someone? <laughs> we trusted you around her husband. Now you can't come to the parties. I mean, talk about high school. Talk about it. We only wear pink on Wednesday. <laughs> Get out of here. It really makes me mad that there's so like so many people came for her for the storyteller when it is all it is ninety eight percent on him mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. She talk about data. Anybody. Yeah, I do ninety eight too. <laughs> She she doesn't owe his wife anything. If they had a friendship, I would argue that she did. Did they have a friendship? It, by all accounts, it doesn't sound like they did. Yeah. They were like periphery friends, maybe. Um, you know, wh- like thinking about woman-on-woman crime, does she maybe owe her just by virtue of you know, don't do that to another woman. I mean, I guess I could buy into that and that's why I'll give her the 2%. But ultimately, it was his relationship. He was, you know, doing wrong. It was her that he was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. He he sucked her into this fantasy of his. He's it done it in the past. And he did it in the past. Like two times, two other times. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because What's that about? It's interesting how she kind of, she almost won't allow herself to consider that maybe she was just an affair too. Like mm-hmm. she really glosses over this major fact that comes out where she just, she talks to the wife, which I also think is weird that like, where's, why is, why aren't the three of you guys talking? Why is the, why are the wives talking? This is so antiquated and weird and not going to solve anything but anyway I'll digress and and the wife says the seven year itch is the real thing mm-hmm. which was like a super like a shady to her right basically saying you don't matter you're just another tick on the garage door that's not the saying I don't know what the saying is it's a new saying I think now it's a new saying you're a tick on the garage door <laughs> it doesn't make sense and yeah, you know, you weren't the first and you're not going to be the last. And that's yeah. what you said. He had two other affairs. Mm-hmm. But this one, the store, our storyteller, she is his soulmate. Right. Do you think that Bob told these other chicas that they were his soulmate too? He sure did. I bet he did. But I don't think that our storyteller can sit with this information and accept it that it was just an affair and that this is just what he does. He probably believed it as well with her. No, I think you're right. Yeah. And with the others, I'm thinking. But I bet he also flirted with other women. He sounds like kind of a boisterous, like fun, flirty kind of guy. That's the wide net. Yeah. Yeah. She was the first one that took the bait. Third one. Sorry, sorry, third one. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Is she going to listen to this? I feel bad. Well, I don't think we're denigrating her. I think I think we're accepting her as human. I think I think any of us that were in the situation, if I must, if I put myself in the situation, I would gloss over the fact that he had two affairs too. Oh yeah. I, mean, I was you, the one. I, I was, was the one. Yeah. You want to believe I was the one. You, of course you want, anyone would want to believe that, you know, and because he's dead, it's really hard to see him for who he was because no one wants to besmirch the dead. Mm-hmm. And so she left he left her at the height of their love or whatever. And so it's going to be, she's not, I think it would have taken a breakup and then years of like reflection to go, no, I was just one of many. And he was a very flawed person that abused me along with the other women in his life. But I don't know if she'll ever get there because he's gone. Yes. And so abruptly, yeah. He got on one knee and gave her a beaded bracelet. 
He did. What the fuck? <laughs> That's big. That's what big. the fuck? That would have pissed me <laughs> off. Are you... Wait, are you... Oh, no, it's just a... Wait, why'd you... <laughs> You're getting you're getting on one knee. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, did you make this? Oh, did you beads? Or did, did you, you go to a bead store and make this? <laughs> is that it's, where you go? Or is oh, it's your bead collection? He also had a bead collection. He loved oh. data and beads. <laughs> Was it like a puka shell bracelet? <laughs> what kind of beads? <laughs> I need to know. Or. Or maybe like part of it was remember when you when you used to make bracelet friendship bracelets friendship for your friends bracelets. yeah with like the thread the multiple color thread yeah and you make the little knots the little knot rows yeah 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 I got really good at those I mean did he pin it to his jeans and and make her the bracelet. She was oh, so that's proud the way of this to do it. The oh safety yeah, pin. Oh, you safety pin it to your jeans, and then you sit and watch TV, and this is right there. You don't have to hold the end. Yeah. You think he did that? I picture him doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I never thought about the backstory of, of the beads. Now, I mean, this is this is the yeah. question of the day. Yeah. Where Where did the Yeah. No. And Ooh. she loved it. But if she really. <laughs> Did she, I mean, or is she just accepting whatever she can get? Because on the face of it, if someone, on the face of it, if if a dude got on one knee and handed me a homemade beaded bracelet, I don't think that I would like it. Yeah, I think it a bit corny yeah really corny it's so high school but she's willing to take whatever she can get from him right and he knows that he can get he can give her very little to keep her like a text yeah a valentine's day text hey yeah it's like hearts of flutter so i think the other big part of the story that really stuck out to me with regard to bob is you know all of his friends knew and it didn't impact his life in the slightest. And I love it when she mentions that he goes to Colorado for two weeks to think. Right? Mm-hmm. And no one on the Facebook comments is going, what were his kids doing? Why, couldn't, why wouldn't he spend those two weeks with his kids? You know, it's all about kids, 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 kids. Why wasn't he spending two weeks with his kids? What? Who is this guy that he gets to go off to another state and think for two weeks? But what does... He doesn't work. He's into data. He loves biking. He loves boys, being boisterous. He beads. He beads. What does he do all day? That, you know, I just think about how it felt like the women in this story... We're doing all of the emotional weightlifting, all of the heavy lifting emotionally. And this guy just basically got to do whatever he wanted. And there was no And no consequences. No consequences, yeah. yeah. And I he's mean, the he, one that needed to go think for two weeks. Get get these women on a plane. Let them go somewhere and think. Yeah, for two can weeks. they think? Do women ever get to go think for two weeks? I don't think so. Ever. No. Never. Not to denigrate the dead, but Bob. R.I.P. Yeah. You had but, a, You were on easy street, and you basically were abusing these two women, and now you're dead. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't think maybe. I mean, I think she assumed, she mentioned, you know, she felt some, a lot of shame and guilt. And then said that he felt the same way, but. Did he? Or did he just say that? Is that a, doesn't that feel like a way to further pull 
the storyteller mm-hmm. closer to him. Mm-hmm. This shared sense of shame, this shared sense of, um, uh, you know, being bad together. I don't think he felt bad for a second. The, I, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. She mentions he comes up to her and kisses her on the mouth in front of people and his wife. What's like, that? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. And, that, and yeah. that, that speaks so poorly of him again because she does care. He doesn't care that she he's robbing her of all of her social circle by making a move like that. Because he knew he was he couldn't be touched. But did he love her enough to keep her protected? Is he aware yeah. enough to know the kind of scarlet letter that comes with being the other woman? Do oh. you even think about that for a of second? Of course not. Of course not. So, Bob dies. And honestly, in that in the episode when that moment where she realizes his, he's dead is is so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. She when she describes like looking in the ambulance and recognizing his his shoes and his socks and his his calves, she says. Yes. Oh, so heartbreaking. And then, and then she tells her mom, and her mom, <laughs> her mom is such a bit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, her mom, her mom is like a practical mom. I love it. Yeah. That's my mom would say her first response is, "Well, I guess he won't be bothering you anymore." <laughs> like. Like, oh, wow. I'm, like, really sad and crying a lot. And someone died. Yeah. Well, at that point, he wasn't dead. But, you know, a coma will keep you from bothering someone. Um, Tell me if you thought this stuck out as interesting. Because she kept saying, by the way, can you hear the um, landscaper outside? Oh, yeah. Can you hear that? Sorry about that. That's okay. Friday problem. Could you hear the kids? No. Okay. Um. So so she's going up to the police at the scene, right? And they're like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm his girlfriend. I'm his mistress. I don't know what to call myself." Yeah. Didn't that seem strange that she identified herself like that, and then, like, not even a few minutes. Later, she says, you know, but I was, I wanted to keep secret that I was his girlfriend, like from his brother and sister-in-law that showed up at the scene. Like, why would she blurt it out to the police who immediately like ostracize her because of that admission? Right. But then like go back into her shame bubble. Like, why not just say to the police, I'm his friend? It's going to ingratiate That would have been good. I think she was trying to validate maybe. Yeah. She just like blurted it out. Yeah. Like I'm important here. Yeah. I need the information because I'm important. Important. I'm and I don't know why girlfriend. I'm his soulmate. <laughs> I'm his person. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, let's let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't no hit the rules was, with that. It just was a spontaneous uh, admission right in in the midst of her grief yeah it should have really just been friend yeah and that would have been good enough i think especially since if she is trying to hide the relationship there and maybe it was a test too like i'm just gonna say this out loud and see what happens and the reaction was what she probably would have always assumed like they didn't want anything to do with her yeah. What did you think about the wife adding her to the text updates? I thought it was a good reason to not like, uh, it was a very like reasonable decision to include her because she's in the friend group and not to highlight their relationship. But on the other side, I did think it was really kind. Yeah, I think both. I think she, the storyteller, kind of 
kind of wipe like wipes it away as like the wife. I think the wife always put on like a strong, like mm-hmm. a really strong persona toward the storyteller. Like she didn't want her to know that she broke she broke her a little bit. And um I think she's explained it away as like not wanting to incur drama by her not being included. Yeah. And there probably was an element of that, but I do, I think it's just kindness. Like yeah. a- acknowledging that they had a connection and that it would ease her mind to be included. Because it would have been so easy just to be like, F her. Yeah. Like I'm not telling her anything. She can suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Without knowing any information at all. Yeah. I think it could have been really easy to do that. Very like a vengeful yeah. way of thinking. But I did think it was very kind of her to do that. Yeah, I thought so too. How did you I, think? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I I did you guys talk with the wife? Um, a little bit. Wit did call her, like she reached out to us on social media. And Wit called her and and did ask her if she would want to do an episode, like do her own interview. She said she wasn't interested at this moment. But she did inspire us to scrub more identifiable details from the episode. Because she, but she was, and she was kind enough. She, she basically just said that our storyteller was an unreliable narrator. And, and we kind of accept that. You yeah. know, we're not a news show and we don't fact check stories or anything like that. You know, we acknowledge that people and the way that they experience things, they they t- retell that those experiences in the way that they do. And, and someone else might have an entirely different perspective on the matter, you know. Um but she was she she under seemed to understand that and just um, just kind of asked us to to better protect her own identity because it was kind of obvious who she was because you can Google you know people Google the accident and Google his name and it's like pretty obvious right. uh, who it is when it comes up. What do you think about okay? What do you think about I, or this really stuck out to me and and I've been thinking about this concept more because of COVID. Um, this whole concept of dying alone, you know, um, his wife and kids said goodbye in, in their own time, but like when the plug was actually pulled, he died by himself. To me, <clears throat> that makes me so sad on the face of it. I mean, I don't know if he had any awareness of it, but I know that there was a nurse and this is an entertainment podcast, so I can't confirm anything I say, but I read about this thing that um, a nurse started in a hospital where she would see how maybe elderly or poor or drug addled, sometimes people would, would die often alone. And she started this program called no one dies alone where <clears throat> hospice workers make sure to sit with people mm-hmm. in their final moments <clears throat> what do you think about that that they weren't there for that i i think it's really sad i mean just as a person i mean we all make we're all flawed and make big mistakes and really f with people sometimes and Mm-hmm. But like thinking about that is, I, you never want to just die that way. And it's interesting to have so many people around you in your life, extra, yeah, even, and then just not, yeah, super duper sad. And it felt, I mean. I don't know. I don't know why that concept bothers me so much. Just thinking, I just, I know sometimes people are scared when they're about to enter in that, when they're about to enter that last moment. And 
I mean, he, he sounded like he was unconscious, so maybe he didn't have an awareness about him. But it made me sad thinking about he died alone. And honestly, the storyteller, if she could have had her way, she would have been with him. Like there was someone available to be right. with him. And yeah. she was kept from him because of the immorality of yes. their relationship. That feels fucked up to me. Yeah. To kind of punish him right at the end. Yeah. And her. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you... if. I mean, and I don't know what the wife was feeling, but a true, maybe a true act of kindness would have been, hey, we said our goodbyes last night. They're going to pull a plug sometime today. Yeah. You've got my permission to go be with them. No? Is that crazy? But are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know things on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's, after he died, I mean, what do you think about, she talks, you know, um, she is, she's all alone now, right? She's lost all of her friends. She lost, she lost her lover. She lost her soulmate. And now she's all alone. And she's got these constant negative thoughts about her karma. Um, oh, yeah that it's the karmic retribution that she would lose him. And that he had like a premonition that he would die right. that way. Right. Well, then she thinks she caused the death inadvertently by one, poo-pooing the premonition and then two, changing the time, changing the location. That's yeah. somehow a part of I mean, it's so hard not to think those thoughts, right? Like yeah. the what ifs. Well, and because she's alone and she doesn't have a friend saying to her, no, yeah, it's not your fault, right? That's why those negative thoughts are so unhealthy for people. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people and be open and honest with them and them and have people in your life that support you and care about you so that someone can go, stop it. Yeah. I mean, she's just spinning. Yeah. If you don't have someone, that's the thing, that sense of, like, connection that she's lacking and she's just looking for. I mean, it's just so sad, you know. They're both kind of just alone. But, like, she just, I, from the beginning, it's like, she's just trying to find meaning in all of this. It's like, why is this happening? And you just, like, think in spirals. I feel like, and this like feeling of shame is what's like dragging her down. Yeah. Um, We know a thing or two about shame. Oh, a thousand percent. But we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Honestly, I think like looking back on it now, I think. Now that she says she has deeper relationships, it sounds like she has a deeper understanding of herself. She knows what it is to have friends that are supportive and there for her and that she knows how to be a better friend. And she says she's capable of deep love and and she's lovable. I think going through this, as hard as it was, was probably the most growth she'll ever have in her life and will enrich her life going on for years to come and make herself, like she said, a better friend, but also a better mother, a better partner, a better employee, you know, all all the ways Mm -hmm. that we have to show up with ourselves. It truly is an episode of a person being one way before an incident and a completely different way. Yeah, forever changed. Forever changed, and this is like one of the things that we look for when we're when we're picking our storytellers. Is there's this definable moment where you are 
completely and utterly and deeply forever changed. And she definitely, that was definitely on this episode. Love her behavior. Any final thoughts, T? I hope she's doing well. Yeah. And, yeah. I was going to say another interesting tidbit about this um, story is um, it usually we wouldn't showcase a story this close to the event itself. Like when she does this interview, she's only eight months past it and she's still very much in the throes of her grief. I think it would be really interesting to come back to her in five years and really see how this has all changed her. It would be interesting to see what her perspective is on the affair Mm -hmm. and what she thinks of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really hope she gets some counseling and, and she can see kind of see him for what he really was to her in that relationship. Abundant.